party people. Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, an RPG podcast built for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week I am stepping into the player's seat as Liz Chapratical of Angry Hamster Publishing takes me through an incredible session of her game, Witch, Faded Souls. Witch is an awesome game about the faded, ordinary people who sell their souls to otherworldly demons in exchange for awesome power. These witches and warlocks inhabit a world of intrigue and danger, surrounded by unspeakable threats. It's an, it's an amazing game, and I think you're going to love it. A link to Angry Hamster's website, where you can buy the game, can be found in the show notes. Without any further ado, let's throw it over to me in the past, so he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week I'm joined by Liz Chapratical. Liz, how are you? Thank you so much for coming on Party of One. I am doing great. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. I am a little bit, I'm a little bit flustered, but we're we're getting th- we're getting through the day. <laughs> so, um, so we, this week we are playing a game that you designed. We are playing Witch. So why don't you talk a little bit about the game, uh, where it came from? Yeah, we're playing Witch Faded Souls. Um, and in Witch, it's modern day. You play a member of the Fated, and you're a witch or warlock who has sold their soul to a demon for power. There's a bunch of different witches and warlocks you can play, but I think today you're actually playing a Hex, aren't you? Yes, yes, I am playing a Hex. I am playing, uh, my character's name is Dylan Appleby. He was, like, a business consultant type guy. He was very, um... College of Business, I guess, is the, a good way to describe him. I think the way I described him to you via email was he's a bit of a monster of privilege and mediocrity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was yeah. a guy that, like, he was a guy that probably, that didn't actively hurt, that wasn't actively hurting people, but, like, he also wasn't helping people. Yeah, so it's so like a typical kind of not evil, but evil businessman. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The true triumph of evil is when, and so on and so forth. Well, yeah, so you're you're playing a hex, right? And so hex yes. are almost the most stereotypical of uh, of all the fates. They're fated by a demon called a devil, very aptly put. Um, and they actually have the cruelest of the demonic masters. Um, devils actually appear like humans, but have a slightly blue tint to their skin. And they're constantly asking their to do things that are slightly pushing pushing the boundaries between good and evil. So I guess that might have been difficult or maybe not for your character. What is your relationship with your demon like? Um, I don't have a very good relationship with my demon partially because I think so I think how my relationship with my demon is is on the surface I like to pretend that it's okay and that I kind of you know because I think that when I was approached and when this deal, when I kind of was approached with this deal for power at a cost, I sort of got, I got through it just because I, like I took it partially because I was like, eh, what's the worst that can happen? I, I, I've got, I've gotten out of every problem I've had so far. So I think that I'm still putting on that kind of fate, that kind of, um, callous face. But I think deep down I'm incredibly uncomfortable with the idea that that this is a lot worse than I think I could have even conceived when I signed up when I signed the deal and became a hex. All right, and it is, does your devil come to you in a bunch of different guises, or is it like a, a man, a woman, maybe a creepy child? I've heard that one before. 
I think it comes to me in a lot of different guises, but it always has sort of common traits of... Well, I think it used to be very predictably, like, human ask kind of looking kind of like what I imagined at the time was a powerful person. Mm-hmm. So a lot of like a lot of like outward signs of wealth, business suits, fancy cars, that kind of thing. And then now that I've kind of already signed the deal, it's a little bit less human. All right. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, no, for sure. So basically, Dylan um for being a well, yeah, this monster of uh, mediocrity and and capitalism, so to say, um, he has actually ended up in a very small town in middle America. Um, basically, you live or you're visiting a town, we can discuss that afterwards, that borders on what we call the Dust Hollow in which, and what the Dust Hollow is, is a magical wasteland that was... Um, that was, well, not constructed, but that appeared after the actual Dustable in America. And okay. basically what happened was that the quiet, which is this entity that only hungers for things, and once it eats and consumes these things, it turns them into nothing. Um, the hunger came in and just kind of ate up pockets of this area. So it's a very dangerous place to live on the border of. A lot of sort of unsavory magical folks will go into the dust hollow to conduct business that's a little bit under the table. Um, and you live in a small town that borders the dust hollow, and a lot of strange things happen in this town. You know, may, the well turns turned purple one day. You know, a traveling circus comes through, and two boys have an adventure of their lifetimes. Things like that. Um, sure. How did your character end up here? Um, I think my character ended up here because... I imagine he travels a lot. I imagine that that part of what part of the power that he kind of sought was like one of those really cushy traveling consultant jobs, mm-hmm. which in retrospect seems incredibly small at the price that he paid for it. So I think that he travels a lot, and I think that's kind of how he uh, just ended up. He ended up in this small town. All right, and and as of yet, he hasn't been able to leave. Right. Okay. All right. Um, I sent you a couple questions before. Um, so normally when I'm playing a game that's one-on-one with people, I, I kind of like to get a, well, actually when I'm, when I'm also playing like a larger game, I like to get a, a kind of concept for what's important to them. Because I mean, when you interact with your demon and, and interact with the game, it's so important. Um, so I think I asked you a couple questions and yes. the first one was, do you have any family here? I mean, who are your friends? Who are you, you know, like, who has Dylan th- been hanging out with? <laughs> I think that the most of the people Dylan's been hanging out with are like um barflies. I think it's been I don't see him as particular as a particularly likable sort. So I think he's okay. kind of been hanging out with the people that he's been able to like um that he that haven't really been able to get away from him so much. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's been like he just goes to a bar and whoever's there he's like, "Well, we're friends now." Okay. Awesome. Um, do you have any? Did you have any questions about the games and the mechanics and stuff like that before we start no, playing? No, I was actually looking. No, I was reading it over, and I really, I I really dig it. It really it it really clicks to me. It's simple. It takes a lot of things, like it takes a lot of mechanics from um, similar games that, and it simple. It feels really simplified and really easy to. I think everything pretty much makes sense to me. 
Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll go over, like, I'll tell you what you need to roll and stuff like that. So you don't have sure. to worry too much about that. Sure. Um, Oh, there was one thing I did want to clarify uh, before we jump in, because I didn't specify it previously, is uh, in terms of the hex, um, I did not, I hadn't chosen one earlier, because I think I had written down both of them mistakenly, but I think uh, of the two um, from the depth straights, I think I'm going to go with uh, insanity. Okay. All right, and what is your insanity? Uh, I think my insanity is this creeping... I guess you'd call it, it's, I, I would call it a low grade panic attack that is always, or like a low grade screaming that is just always in the back of his mind and it kind of manifests itself through just sometimes like being kind of shaky or twitchy or like his hands shaking, that kind of thing. Yeah, like the kind of idea that it's all going to come crumbling down at one point. You're not sure what it all is, but it's going to happen. Yeah, it's the idea that he made this deal, and, like, it's that feeling of, oh, of, oh, I should have thought that through, just amplified <laughs> by about a thousand in the back of his head. Okay. And so he's sometimes, cool. it's so he sometimes he just kind of gets caught up with that internal monologue, and it completely, like, trips him up. Awesome. Yeah, so, so for those of you who are listening who don't know too much, um, about system, basically, Hex, um, when they're faded, so when they're turned into witches and warlocks, their devil actually pulls them down um, into this hell-like place, this sort of fiery brimstone burning place, and shows them what's going to happen to them when they die. And when the hex come out of this, they just have glimpses of this. And it either gives them really terrible nightmares or gives them some sort of insanity. And the sanity isn't really, it's not similar to a mental illness, which is very different. But it's its really kind of what you would stereotype as just someone going crazy. And Jeff has chosen a particularly cruel one for himself, which is excellent. <laughs> um. Oh, and does your hamster have a name? Um, you know what? I hadn't given him one, so okay. I'd have to think about it. I kind of think he just, I think he just calls him Hamster. Hamster? I think he's a hamster named okay. Hamster. I think he's a hamster named Hamster. <laughs> so he, he, it, it's not like, it's not like the boy named Sue or something like that. It's not like the hamster named Chicken. <laughs> it's just no, I think, I think he very just affectionately call. I think he's like, hey, Hamster. All right. As he like so pets it in the mean. palm of his hand. All right. Um, well, I think uh, I think we're ready. Shall I get started? Yeah, I'm feeling ready to go. I'm really excited about this. All right. Awesome. Okay. Well, you uh, you had a long night last night. I think you you went to MacGuffins. That's a that's a local uh, Irish pub that they uh, they have. Actually, it's the, the the only pub really in this very very small town. And uh, you were hanging out with your friends. For a long while last night, you know, you bought a couple rounds. People were they they spoke to you. You played a few rounds of pool. They love me. I mean, they love me there. Yeah, they love you. Um, it's like, oh, it's hey, it's it's that guy. And yeah, you, you made it a bit of a late night. So you came stumbling home after a couple of drinks. You know, hamster was with you. Hamster may have partaken in some drinks that had fallen on the table. Who knows what he was getting up to. But you guys kind of stumbled on home, and as you wake up the next day, you know, your eyes kind of caked in the remnants of a long night out, and, you know, you feel you feel that lump in your throat, 
and you know your 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 hands feel kind of greasy and you just see a little bit of light coming in through the windows of your yeah motel room and yeah your, your voice is hoarse there's yeah it, it's not good <laughs> it's not a pretty picture dylan uh you know it's 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 not a pretty picture but it's one that i've seen enough that i'm all right with it i've made peace <laughs> with this picture <laughs> And you, uh, you kind of, you kind of look to your side, and and you see that hamster's just lying on his back, also, um, almost in the same position that you are, um, with his mouth kind of agape. You see a couple treat, uh, a couple of snacks that he's stored falling out of one of his cheek pouches, and uh, uh, he he, uh, he turns to you and he's like, "Rough night." Yeah, you don't know the half of it, buddy. I mean, I guess you do. You were there. You know. You know. You know how it went. <laughs> And uh, his little paw kind of presses down on the on the bed sheet, and he's like, uh, "Make us some coffee." Uh, yeah, all right, I'll. Yeah, okay, I, that that'll probably wake us up. That seems like a good idea. All right, do you get up and 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 make some coffee? Yeah, I head over there and I make up. I make coffee real specifically the way that I like it, and if hamster likes it, great. If not, he's a hamster. What's he gonna do about it? Like after, like you, you know how he gets when he has coffee, but you know, it's, it, I guess, I guess you're you're not really in the mood to debate him on this right now. So you 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 make your coffee the way you like. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to fight him on this, especially because you know I I want the coffee too. So it's not it's win win for both of us. I figure he gets uh, coffee, I get coffee, everybody wins. <laughs> as uh, as you are making your coffee, um, and you know you you take the first sweet sweet sip of uh, of java after a long night out and your senses start to return to you you know that you have a business call basically with the main office later on sure. today and you have just okay. about now that you look at the clock probably an hour or so really to get yourself up and get yourself ready for this uh for this conference call so um Seeing that I've got about an hour left, I'm definitely going to reach into a cabinet, pull out some, pull out some Baileys and shoot up this coffee and be like, look, if I gotta be on a business call, I'm, I'm hair of the dog in this. And it's just a quick shot of cream, knock back that coffee a little bit too fast because it's really hot. So I have to spend a minute being like, ah, oh, damn it, mother god. Oh, it's delicious. It's fabulous. I make great coffee. Uh, Hamster just kind of looks at you um, when you say, oh, I, I make delicious coffee. Um, you know, there's like a little bit of coffee falls on your undershirt. Um, and I guess I guess you start to get yourself a little bit cleaned up for the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like shaving and like trying to trying to get my my haircut exactly bedhead enough. Exactly okay. the right level of bedhead. All right, you you're doing that. You're you're in the um you're you're in the bathroom and and hamster hamster's there too. And he's like, "Well, oh, looks good, boss. Looks good." See, this is why I like you, hamster. Uh, yeah, you you move to go and you know you have like a numerous number of very nice business suits. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're you're not the best, I would say, at your job. I mean, you're not the worst, but you're not the best. But you do yeah. you have a habit of looking good. I mean, yeah. you, you play the part well. But when you actually go into your closet, you realize that all your suits are gone. In fact, all your clothes and your shoes are gone. All right. So I so um so I look around. I look in the closet. I look down just to make sure that I am wearing something. 
you're wearing a pair of boxers and like an uh you know like one of those uh kind of undershirts the white undershirts yeah. all right so they didn't get everything so that's I'm gonna call this a win but i should probably figure out where all of my clothes are you uh, you also notice now that you're kind of coming to and you're looking through your stuff like on the dresser you have like two watches which are pretty nice um and those are also missing they got my they got my Raylex. <laughs> uh, Hamster's like not the Raylex. That's my favorite. It, it was so nice. It looked just like a Rolex, and it cost a quarter of the price. That guy gave me such a good deal. Sure, boss. so bummed. Sure. So we're gonna figure this out. We're gonna get to the bottom of this. <laughs> Do you want to investigate around your room, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna just um like. Make sure that I didn't stash my stuff somewhere and get a little bit too drunk and just, like, think about it. So, okay. uh, yeah, so I'm gonna, like, look under the bed, look un- look in, like, the various, like, dresser drawers and things and just make 100% sure that the stuff is missed, like, is actually gone and not... I didn't just do some drunk rearranging. <laughs> drunk rearranging. Alright, um, well, why don't you roll me, then, a perception spot? Sure. And uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what you can. Uh, what you can find. Sure. So that's plus two. That's a d twenty, right? Yeah. Uh, no, two d ten. Two d ten. Got it. D ten and d ten. Yeah. Okay. So I got a. I got a nine. Okay. You. Uh, you look around, but you aren't really able to find. I mean, like your stuff isn't in your room. That's for sure. Okay. Um, you find, you, you find the coffee, the bottle of Bailey's, but there's not really any signs that anyone's broken in. Um, Hamster's also looking, and he doesn't really find anything. The only thing, um, that you guys do find, uh, is a crumpled up dry cleaner's receipt. Um, okay. And you know that you do have, you did have, store some of your stuff at least at the local dry cleaners. Okay. Well, um... It's not gonna make me any new friends, but I, I guess if I got it, if I gotta, if I gotta be on, if I gotta talk to the office in an hour, I, I don't want my missing things to um, be on my mind, and I probably want to look presentable. I feel like I imagine we're gonna be FaceTiming or something to that effect. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, so they, they want to know what's taking you so long. So yeah, so I'm gonna have to head down to the dry cleaners in my boxers and uh, tank top. Okay. Do you wanna do you wanna like wear a pair of the motel slippers or something like that on your feet so you're not barefoot? Oh, yeah. So I'm definitely gonna put on slippers now. Now, do they have? I imagine it might also just be they might they might even be here and be gone. But do they? Is this one of the motels that has either a robe or like the nice the nice like hotel brand sweatpants? Um. Well, you for sure have a robe. Okay, then yeah, I'm definitely putting on the the full robe because that's terry cloth and that's nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. You, know, you, <laughs> you uh, you you get on your robe and your slippers, um, and your hair is messed, just ever so messy. You notice as you're walking out that the TV is still left. Um, also your wallet wasn't uh, your wallet wasn't really taken. Um, and all right, so I'm gonna take at least stash my wallet in the robe pocket, that really deep robe pocket. All right. And you, you, like, walk the block to the dry cleaners, basically. It, it's a very small town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you uh, you get to the dry cleaners, and um, you know uh, you know them pretty well. You've been bringing all your stuff there. It's actually run um, by an elemental. Um, her name is Blue, 
and she has uh, escaped the uh, the elemental plane. Um, you don't really know much about her because uh, she uses a lot of magic to uh, to make herself appear human. But she has just basically this really beautiful, bright blue hair, which is why everyone calls her blue. And uh, she uh, she's there behind the counter as you walk in, um, you know, the little bell dings. And she turns to you and she says, uh, rough morning, Dylan. Um, it's been it's been interesting. Um, how are you? I'm fine. Uh, what happened to you? <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I'm currently in the middle of, of an investigation about that matter, so, uh, a lot of leads are still turning up, but, um, I guess, um, the short version is, I don't know where my clothes are, so I actually just... was hoping that... What? You, you just came and picked them up like an hour ago. Uh, okay. Alright, that's actually really, no, that's really helpful. Thank you so much for, for telling me that, because that will answer, that answers some of my questions. It raises more questions, but at least it answers some of them. So, um, so thank you. How are you, again, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm good, but, uh, wait, one second. You dropped this when you walked out, and, uh, she uh she basically she passes you an envelope um and she says it fell out of your pocket you also had clothes on when you were last here and she kind of she looks slightly confused <laughs> as now were they my that. clothes sorry now were they my were was i wearing my clothes or was i wearing someone else's clothes um I mean, they looked like your clothes. It was a suit and everything like that. So I assumed it was from uh, from you. Interesting. Interesting. Is there something going on? I'm beginning to think so. Um, there's someone running around in my clothes. And that's... Usually that's not a good sign. Because at worst, that means that they've gone into my clothes and have taken them. And at worst, that means something magical is afoot. Yeah. Yeah. Either I'm way, gonna... I'd like to get my clothes back. Yeah, I'm gonna stay out of that. That seems uh like a business I don't want to be involved in. Uh, and she 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 passes you the envelope and she says, uh, I- "I'm doing all right, but why don't you go sort that out and we can uh, we can talk later." Okay. Well, I mean, it seems like clothes are explicitly your business, but I understand what you're saying. And he like he like leans in and waits a little bit too long for a laugh. <laughs> there you go. That's. Yeah, I'm 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 very funny. Yeah. Uh, do you do you like one do you want later you want to borrow 10 bucks or something Dylan so you can go get buy yourself a pair of pants? No, I've got my I've got my wallet. I can I can pick stuff up. Um and he I think he puts down like um of uh I think he puts down like a $20 tip or something just to just just because like he thinks that that's where this conversation is going even if it's very clearly not. Okay. She she just like she gives you this slight sideway glance and she just takes the money and and puts it in the register. <laughs> All right. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. And uh yeah, you you walk out. Interesting. Okay, so I'm going to look at what the exactly what um I dropped when I came in to pick up the clothes the first time. All right, so I'm gonna, I'm going to send you uh, I'll send you the image uh Sure. Nice, you could read it, maybe for people. So it's a very nice um, calligraphied letter. It says, a repeat, receipt of payment accepted. 
item worth three chips, redeemable at the Washington Room, Dust Hollow, Kansas. Interesting. So would I know anything about uh, any of this, the Washington Room, or what three chips are? Well, um, you can, uh, do you have any occult, actually? I have one point, one rank in occult, yes. Oh, that's great. All right, so why don't you roll me an intelligence occult and see if you can remember anything, like about okay. reading anything about the Dust Hollow or the Washington Room? Or... I got a six. It did not roll very well. Okay. Um, no, <laughs> you, uh, you don't, uh, you don't know, um, you don't think you remember anything uh, anything about that, that it's been was. a long night it's been a long night a very long night uh but actually uh hamster at this point pops his head out of your other pocket um kind of as you're talking to yourself and you're like washington room washington room and indeed you you have a wizened hamster yes and uh he uh he kind of says uh washington room what do you know about this hamster like, don't you remember the guy talking about that last night? Uh, there are a lot of things I don't remember from last night. You're gonna have to be more specific. Well, you know, there was a there was that guy there. He had uh, that weird thing on his face. You know, like uh, and then he kind of he kind of makes uh, little horn motions uh, at the top of his head. Oh uh, yeah, weird face guy. Yeah. He probably didn't like that I called him that. No, I think no, about it. No. No man, but he he was cool. It was he was cool. He was cool. We uh, we got to talking, and he was uh, you know he was a little bit in the know, and he was talking about the Washington Room. He said it's uh, he said it's some kind of swanky gambling joint in the uh, in the Dust Hollow. Oh, and that explains the chips. But okay, I don't remember you trading your stuff for any chips. Also, why would you trade trade all your clothes? That's stupid. For three chips, those clothes were finely tailored. Agreed. Those clothes. Those clothes were from no less than the TJ Maxx Max collection. Uh, that's their highest tier. Yeah, of yeah, man, of I know that. Business attire. So I would. I don't think I'd trade them for three chips. I feel like I get some value out of that. But well, they also yeah, said the guy sure. looked exactly like me. So I feel like there's something afoot. Something is going on. Hmm. Well, what do you want to do? I suppose I should probably. I don't necessarily want to barge into the Washington room in a robe and slippers. So I should probably see about buying, I should probably see about stopping in and buying at least a, at least some like jeans and a, and a t-shirt, maybe a jacket. Uh, yeah, like a, a hamster thinks that's a good idea. He would also possibly like, like a teeny jacket, for example, just so he doesn't show up a place at a place looking like a punk. But oh my god, it's gonna be so cute! <laughs> I'm not cute. That's right, I'm, not, I'm sorry. We're gonna get you, we're gonna get you a little jacket, it's gonna be great. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, basically, one thing you do know, um, and you have a couple of magical talents I see here, you have, uh, you have yes. casting, so it's actually casting your spells, but you also mm-hmm. have sense and occult, so what sense can do is it's actually kind of like your magical investigation skill. So you may be able to track where this um, where this Washington room ticket came from. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to do that. Yeah, that sounds okay. like the best idea. All right. So you can uh, you can roll me a perception sense roll. Perception and sense. Okay. So that's plus three. Got a twelve. Okay. 
All right. Um, that is almost enough. Um, the base difficulty is 13. But what you can do um, is you can actually choose to succeed on this. And what that means is that the next roll you make, whatever it is, you're going to get a minus four. Because basically you're really physically exerting yourself. You're kind of pushing yourself to the edge to try to figure out, try to, you know, really summon all the ether around you and make this magic work. Yeah, that sounds like a, the best plan, because I want to know everything I can going into Like, I want to be as prepared as possible going into this, especially since I'm already at a bit of a disadvantage, what with not having any of my clothes. Yeah. Okay, well, um, you look, um, and you really focus, you kind of, you're exhausted, uh, the night before kind of put you through the ringer, and you feel this creeping, this creeping panic in the back of your mind. You know what I mean? You, you're you like almost yeah. like the sort of Damocles hanging above your head and you feel like it's slowly inching towards you as as you focus and, and try with all your might basically to summon the ether around you and make it strong enough to get something from this invitation. And as you do, um, you notice two things. First of all, you're able to peer into the ether and you see that there's an aura of maliciousness around this um around this invitation as if someone who whoever planted this or uh, put it there for you or left it to you to find wanted to do you harm and just hates you the the second thing you see is that this aura is so strong that you actually are almost able there there's like a thin trail of mist rising up from the invitation and leading you off in a direction, almost like a trail you'd be able to follow. Okay, that's good. That's good. Uh, At least the trail part. The other part's not as good, but I'll make do, I suppose. Yeah, I'm fine. I mean, I'm fine with this. It's all good. Whatever. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm great. I'm I'm great. That's the important thing. Say it one more time and I'll believe you, boss. You know, a little bit of support would be nice. Just some, just having my back would be nice, hamster. That's all I'm saying. I'm too small to have your back. That's fair. <laughs> little guy. And I take a finger and I rub, like, the rub the space between his ears and I give him a little rub. You little guy. <laughs> Alright, uh, you want to go buy some pants before you head over yeah. there? Yeah, I'm going to buy some pants, uh, a little jacket for me, buy a little doll jacket for hamster. Okay, you um you get to uh, you get to the store, and you um yeah you have your cards there. You have some cash. You you pick up a little doll jacket, like I guess a Barbie's jacket or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking like a Ken <laughs> doll. Just like pull, just buy the Ken doll wholesale, and then just like pull the jacket off. And... All right, so yeah, you you first go to the toy store. You get you get your hamster's jacket. Then you you head to the menswear store. Um, and, uh, you actually have to, you don't have enough cash, so you use your credit card. Um, and when you're up there, the, the cash register, um, she rings your credit card through a couple times and, uh, you notice that every time you try to put your pin code in, um, it says, uh, it says that your card's denied. Oh, okay. That's, um, that's fine. I'm okay with this. This is great. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so. My card's being denied, so I think I'm going to um, apologize profusely to the person behind the counter. Do I have my phone or anything, or is it was it just my wallet? 
No, you have your phone too. The the woman behind you, she's like, "That's all right, sir," and she kind of gives you this look of small town pity. You know what I mean? Like the oh, oh yeah, because I'm not wearing any clothes right now. That's right. Yeah, that's I could probably play that card. So I think I'm going to. When she gives me that reaction, I think I'm going to change my plan a little bit. Like I, uh, I think I'm going to apologize profusely, but then try to explain. I. I think that somebody has stolen my identity and I need to call the bank. I need to make sure that my card is canceled because I don't want them to put any charges on my account and it's just going to be a lot of work, but I'm going to, I'm not going to put my problems onto you and I'm just really like laying it on as thick as I can. Oh, oh no. You mean, you mean someone from our town stole from you? I, I don't know if it was from here or somewhere else, but I, I know that. I know that my my cards and stuff worked when I went to bed last night, so I kind of I, I I kind of feel like it has to have been someone that I spoke to in the last day or so. So I don't know what oh. that means, but uh. Oh, do, do you want me to call the local sheriff? No, no, that's fine. That's fine. I can I can take care of this. I just really wanted to make really wanted to get these these pants so that I could. Uh, I think I was also robbed last night. Oh, but they didn't take your wallet? Yeah, it was a very strange robbery. I'm not sure I understand it yet myself, but uh I'm working on it. Oh, um well Well, do you, where are you staying? Um Do you say I was staying at the hotel? Uh yeah, the the, the local motel basically. Yeah, so I'm staying at the motel. It's nice. They're very lovely people. Um well, maybe just Listen, I, I I don't want to leave a man walking around town without pants. Maybe, maybe you could just give me what room you're staying in, and then when you sort it out with your credit card company, you could come back. That I, that sounds lovely. I would I I give you my word. I will be back here to pay for these pants. All right. She's uh she she basically she asks for your credit card, and she's like you know she, so she could write down your name. Uh, yeah. And uh, she she writes down your information. Do you give her the real information about uh, where you're staying and everything? I I do. I think I do. I don't. Okay. I think I, I I don't think that I am intending to uh, skate out on these pants. I think I think I have enough going on that I don't need an angry cashier. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. She, she writes down your she wrote, uh, writes down your information and. She says, "Well, I'm I'm friends uh I'm friends with the sheriff, or at least my husband is. So if you need me to call him, you just let me know." I will let you know. Thank you so much. You've been What's what's your name? I'm going to write this down. I'm going to talk to I'm going to talk to your manager later. I'm going to give you a recommendation. Oh, well, thank you. That's so kind. My name uh, my name's Shirley. Shirley, I am going to talk to I am going to I'm going to talk to corporate. I'm going to talk. I'm going to go This is going all the way to the top. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm. Well, I guess you probably can't tell because I'm wearing a robe right now. But I'm kind of I'm kind of important, so uh, you know. Okay, well, 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 thank you so much. That that's really kind of you. I I just hope you can find your things that were stolen from you. I do too. Thank you so much, Shirley. And then I, I walk out. I'm not going to talk to corporate. I. <laughs> All right, uh, you know, uh, the ha- hamster pops up, like, in his, like, kind of stud jacket that you've gotten him with the cut-off sleeves, and he's yeah. like, uh, he's like, oh, she was a nice lady. Yeah, she's all right. 
She gave you free pants, man. Fine. Yeah. No, you're right. She was. Look, she's nice. She was nice. She was nice. I, you, what do you What do you want me? What do you want me to give her a medal? No, but you said you were going to talk to corporate. Okay. Here's. The, I'll make you a deal, hamster. All right. If If I get my clothes back and I make this conference call, which I oh God, I guess I got to. Oh gosh, that's coming up real soon, isn't it? Yep. If I make this conference call, I get uh-huh. my clothes back, and there's uh-huh. time left in the day, uh-huh. I will send a very nicely worded email to their customer service uh, account. That's a good job, human. Thank you. All right. So are you going to go make your conference call before you go and follow this trail that you've uh, you found? Um, it's getting a little bit later. I mean, like you had an hour or so, so it, it's nearing the conference call. Yeah, I suppose I should make the conference call now. Um, I suppose I should make the conference call now. Get it out, get it out of the way, just in case things go. Just in case things turn topsy turvy later. I don't necessarily want to. If I get into hot water with a with a demon or something, I don't want to also get into hot water with my bosses. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you uh, you you call in basically. All right, yeah, you uh, you get your uh, you get your boss's uh, receptionist uh, on the phone. You know her well. Her name's Rebecca, and uh, she says, uh, "I can't believe you have the gall to call here again, Mister Appleby." Well, you know, I I realize I said some things. I need to apologize for them. Um, oh. Those things I said included you need to apologize for them. I think you need to do more than that. Such as never call here again. Can I talk to my bosses, Rebecca? Uh, is that is this is this a corp? You really you really want to talk to them after after what you said about Mister Smith's wife? You really want to do that? She's a nice woman. She does charity. Um. Mm, uh. Well, I. You know. Um. Oh, my dry cleaning's up. I gotta go, and I just like real awkwardly. Just slide off the phone of that call. All right. Uh, oh, this is this is uh, this is not good. This is a bad situation. Okay, so I've got a person that looks like me. Has my clothes. Has changed. Has changed my bank information, and has seemingly burned some bridges at work. Well, I guess the best thing I, I guess I I gotta go to the Washington room and get to the bottom of this because I need to at least I need to know what I gotta do to make it right. Okay. So the first step to that's gonna be tracking tracking down this doppelganger. Okay. So you uh, you follow uh, you follow kind of the wispy uh, the wispy trail uh, attached to uh, attached to the invitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm heading straight there. All right, so you uh, you get out um, you get out of the small town, um, and basically outside of the small the town is surrounded by plains, and they're uh, to the south. Um, basically, what has kept this small town alive is that a majority of uh, the people work at a processing plant, um, okay. which is in the next town over. But uh, besides for that, there's just plains as far as you I can see. It's actually quite beautiful. Um, but the farther you get into the plains, I guess you're you're not really one for taking kind of walks uh, walks through the wilderness for no reason. I'm guessing. Yeah, I I prefer I prefer my walks to be lit by like street lamps and things. 
Yeah, the the farther you get, and you know, it's sunny, it's sunny out. The the more of a sense of dread you get. And the strange thing is, is that I mean, you're at least a little bit self aware, and you know when you're starting to freak out. But this sense of dread isn't just coming from you. Um, it almost feels as if every step you take towards this wispy trail that you're following, the more oppressive the sun gets. You know, like you know, your terry cloth robe feels heavy around your shoulders. And you start to get, like, as the tall grass that you're walking through almost feels as if it's clinging onto your pants and kind of grabbing down, uh, grabbing you and pulling you down. You know, at first, I probably feel like it's just in my head because I'm, like you said, I'm self-aware enough to know these sort of, like, these kind of episodes and things and to know that, like... To know when I'm in a when I'm in a spot, so I think at first I like at first I brush it off, so I'm walking and I feel this dread and I'm like just it's gonna be all right just just put it out of your head and then I think as like the grass starts to cling to me and my robe starts to weigh me down I start at least taking a look around and seeing if I get a sense that they that like there's something beyond me in the air if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, like, you're, you're, you're trying to be a little bit aware of your surroundings, see if there's something. Yeah. Um, you start to try to feel, um, you know, like, extend your senses, see if there's something around you. Um, and what you realize is that though you have this sensing, um, this, uh, mounting, sorry, feeling of dread and this weight on your shoulders and something kind of grasping at your pant leg, it is utterly, utterly quiet. To the point where you realize you can't even hear your own footsteps. Oh, uh, that's unnerving. And it's like uh, silence, silence is unnerving. You, uh, you don't even uh, you, then you can't uh, you can't hear your own breathing. It's you can't even hear hamster kind of moving around in your pocket. You have to kind of double check to make sure he's still there. Um, and as uh, as you're feeling unnerved. You hear a very soft, uh, your soft voice that says, uh, you're gonna fail. I, I, I don't, I don't think so. I'm not gonna let myself fail. Everyone knows that you're a big, giant failure. Uh, I've worked too long too hard to hide that fact for everyone to know that. Everyone's going to see you for what you are. Look at you now. I, 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 I can't argue that one. Loser. That one. <sighs> Loser. Alright, and at, I think at that moment I, I start like I start like power, like angry power walking, and just like fists are clenched. I'm like maybe reciting off some like uh, what you call it, like uh, self help platitude catchphrases. I'm like, I'm like define define the victory that you want, and that victory will manifest itself. I'm not a loser. I'm not a loser. I'm not a loser. I'm not a loser. 
Um, and, uh, yeah, you, you keep walking, like, angrily through the grass, and, uh, you know, as you're like, you know, to find a victory you won, and you hear the voice, uh, to find a failure you won, loser, loser, and, uh, the voice kind of chases you as, uh, as you're walking, um, and it gets, it gets very close as if it's breathing on your neck as, uh, as it's talking, kind of in this utter silence as your shoulders get heavier Ugh. and heavier. Is there, okay voice is there something that you want or is this just a roast what's what's the deal here it says uh well why don't uh why don't you just give up and uh come over here and uh as it says come over here you kind of hear the voice uh shooting off uh to a, the corner uh well not a corner but like in the corner of your eyesight uh, yeah right well why would i want to go over there are my pants over there sure I don't think that they are. I don't think sure is the answer to that question. Who knows? Why don't you just come over here and uh, and see? I mean, uh, if this is a uh, if it's really how you feel. So I'm going to stop walking briefly, and not maybe not walk in that direction, but definitely like take a hard look in that direction. As uh, as you take a hard look uh, in that direction, it's just to look kind of like an outcropping of grass. You blink for a moment and it almost feels as if, it feels as if the grass has just come to you. You know what I mean? Like the distance mm-hmm. between the both of you has shortened and now you're standing right in front of it. And you slowly begin to feel tired. You, as you, the more you stare off in that direction, the heavier eyelids feel. And, uh, you hear the voice saying, that's right, just come over here. We can help you. In retrospect, I'm not sure that I need your help. Maybe just a little bit, though. I, I had, you know, it's been, I probably should have made more coffee. I'll take a few steps towards them, but why, all while, um, like, moving my hand towards the pocket and sort of, like, jostling it just to make sure that Hamster is, like, up. Okay, Hamster's like, don't do it, dude! Yeah, I think I'm gonna, like, I'm going to take a furtive step in that direction, but just enough that they seem to, they, they get the sense that I am moving in that direction. Not yep. not enough that I, like, actually start moving in that direction, if all that right. makes sense. Can you, uh, okay, all right, so you're going to try to fake them out, I guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you then, oh, that's great, roll me a manipulation deception. Oh, this is good. This is good. That's a plus seven. And then you have a minus four. Oh, that's right. So it's plus three. That's yeah. still pretty good. It's still pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I got an 11. Okay. Um, at this point, you try to fake them out. Um, and like, like you're walking in that direction. But the thing is, is that Hamster believes you. So as you're kind of your hands in your pocket and you're kind of jostling him, he, you feel like a small mouth around your finger. And before you're, you're like, oh no. Oh no. And his chomps down on your finger. And he's like, no! He's ah, like, Don't son of a- bring us over there! I was, I wasn't gonna do it! <laughs> well, now I've said it out loud. Now that's on you. This one's on you, buddy. And he's like, get me out of here! My little legs can't carry me that fast! Should I be run, should I just be running in the other direction? Is that the plan? It's like, I don't know. You seem, you, you knew enough to bit me. What, I don't want you going over there. It feels bad. 
Well, then I'm going to stand. Then, all right, all right, buddy, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to plant my feet in the sticky grass. I'm going to shake myself out a little bit. I'm going to get, I'm going to get loose and just say, won't you come over here? You see what I did there? I realized, I think I got him. And, uh, the, uh, the voice says, uh, are you inviting me? I'm threatening you. A threat isn't an invitation. Alright, yeah, no, I'm not inviting you. I'm, I'm, it's just, I'm, I'm firmly declaring this as a threat because it's not an invitation. <laughs> the, uh, the voice, uh, the voice just, uh, just laughs and, uh, and says, uh, you can't even make an invitation. Are you that terrified? Uh, it sounds like you're the one that can't come over here without, without being invited. It sounds like you're afraid. <laughs> All right. Winner's take. Winner's take. All right. Can you, can you roll me, can you roll me another manipulation deception to try to, to try to say that with some assertiveness? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got seven plus, I got a 14. Okay. All right. At that point, uh, you, uh, you kind of, you're, you're like, winner's take. You know, you, you read that in one of your books. Um, oh, yeah. That's, I had a poster of that back in the motel room, and it's like a picture of an eagle <laughs> with like a fish in its talons, and it says winner's take. Awesome. You, you think back, uh, you think back on that poster, and as, uh, as you do, the, the voices kind of dissipate. The feeling of oppression, uh, at least like, you know, the heat and the sense of dread doesn't really go away, but you're kind of able to sense it slightly and you kind of sense a large pocket of it, um, where the voice was coming from. And okay. as you begin to follow that trail again, you're able to kind of discern where those pockets are and stay away from them. Okay. But the voice does, uh, like the voices do keep you, you hear whispers, but you're able to drown them out of your head by saying, you know, like chanting your mantras. Yeah. 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 Uh, as, uh, you've been walking for a while now, it's, it's kind of good that you brought slippers and you're in grass because actually it's not that rough on your feet then, but you've been walking for an hour or two now following this trail. And just as you are kind of getting, I guess, maybe fed up with it, you feel as if it's never going to have an end in sight. You realize on the horizon, there's a large Georgian mansion and it appeared basically out of nowhere. That's probably the Washington room. That was... That seems like a that seems like an appear out of the out of the fog kind of a place. So I'm gonna head towards it. All right, yeah, it's a it's an all it's a beautiful all white Georgian mansion. You see that it's uh, actually two uh, two stories high, um, and it has as you uh, as you walk up to it, there's a very beautiful driveway um, with finely tailored topiary, and there's a woman in a very nice dress and an evening gown, basically standing in front of the large double doors. And, uh, she, uh, she has a clipboard in her hand and, uh, she just kind of, uh, she kind of looks out. She, uh, she minds her own business. She's not intently staring at you or anything like that. And as, uh, as you enter, um, onto the driveway of the Washington room, uh, you, the feeling of oppression releases. Uh, you're no longer under the sweltering sun, a cool wind blows in from the east and uh you you feel better there's sounds you feel your your feet crunching on the gravel oh that's a relief all right well um this place is really nice i'm gonna live in a place like this one day yeah we will you you and me buddy (laughs) his little his little jacket 
Yeah, so I'm going to move towards the woman and, like, greet her. All right. She, uh, she says, uh, good, uh, good afternoon, sir. Can I help you? Yes, I believe that, uh, yes, I would actually like to, um, I'd actually, uh, I have a question about this receipt that I have. Oh, of course. An associate of mine, uh, may, it seems like made a deal, and I was, I was uh, sort of wondering, I didn't have all of the details, but I wanted to make sure that for bookkeeping's sake, uh, everything was on the level. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if you could take a look at it, see if you knew the, if, if you could explain it, or if not, if you knew the person to talk to, to get it explained. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, can I, uh, and she, she holds out her hand to, uh, to take the receipt. You give it to her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, yeah. Without a moment's hesitation. She, yeah, she looks it over and, um, she, she looks closer at the, uh, the, there's a, like a wax seal at the bottom with a large elaborate W on it. And, uh, she says, oh, well, this, uh, this is legitimate. This is, uh, this is a receipt for chips. Uh, you must have, uh, handed something in earlier or maybe one of, you said your associate, uh, this is from your associate. Yeah, he must have handed something in or she, um, to, uh, to get, uh, to get three chips for the Washington room. Um, you can, uh, this is redeemable inside. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, so do I just head inside? Uh, no. Are you on the guest list? I suspect I might be. Uh, what's your name? Dylan Appleby. Okay. She, uh, she looks through, uh, she looks through her list and she says, oh, yes, here you are, but, um, it says you're already inside. Yes, uh, that's actually why I suspected that I might be. It seems that somebody has been, uh, it seems somebody has been using my name recently, so I figured that's actually... Uh, my associate. I didn't really want to bring you into the drama, but there's a there's a bit of a snafu, and I I kind of wanted to uh get to the bottom of things, as it were. All right, but I can't let someone in who's already inside. We have a very strict guest list there. You must understand. Could you um? And I'm I'm really like I said I'm really sorry to bring you into this drama. No, that that was not my intention for the day. Could you, if you couldn't bring me inside, could you bring me outside? If that makes sense. Um. Well, I can page Mister Appleby and see if he'd be willing to come outside. Yes, that would be that would be wonderful. Like I said, I just really want to. I really want to get to the bottom of this. I really want to sort the whole snafu out. I suspect it's a big misunderstanding. Oh, all right. Uh, just just one moment, sir. And, sure, uh, sure, sure. she, she, uh, she basically, uh, she, she motions, um, like she'd been sitting on a seat. Uh, she only stands up when there's guests. So you, she motions to seat. She's like, please have a, have a seat, seat if you'd like. Um, oh, thank you so much. And she, uh, she goes inside the double doors and uh, she's away for like 15 minutes or so. And she, uh, if, if there's nothing you want to do in that time, she, she comes back. And, uh, um, I think the only thing I want to do in that time is like gesture to hamster and be like, I should get her name. I should. I should get her name. She's be, she's being real supportive. I should. I should recommend her to her manager. Oh, he's she, like, yeah, but like only if you have time, right? You know. Yeah, yeah, whatever. All right. You know what? You're being. I don't need your sass right now. Okay. Mister Fancy Jacket. <laughs> he. You know. He. He kind of. He kind of like uh, straightens out his jacket and then just like tucks his head back into uh, the terry cloth robe. <laughs> Uh, she, she comes back out and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, sir, but, uh, Mr. Appleby's already taken his seat at the winner's table. Um, and he won't be available for the next, well, I'm not sure how long, actually. Oh, well, this is, um, well, this is quite the pickle. 
Now, you, did you say I could re- I could exchange this receipt for three chips, or that somebody thing had already been exchanged for three chips? No, you can exchange that receipt for three chips. So it's strange that the other Mr. Appleby didn't have a receipt. Well, he must have had a receipt and an invitation to get in, so I'm not really sure what's happening here, to be honest. Well, that makes two of us. Um, Wait, Maybe... I don't suppose... Well, yes? I was going to say, I don't suppose that you could, since I, I'm not allowed to go inside, I don't suppose that you would be willing to go um, make that exchange for me and then just bring the chips out. That way I can have them for when my other half, uh, when my better half uh, wraps up his business inside. Um, I'm not allowed to do that, sir. Each Each receipt is tied to a specific person. Um, I mean, technically, it's tied to me, if, if what I'm hearing is correct. Yes. Um, I, okay, um, why don't you just come inside with me, and I'll just take you to my manager, and then you can sort it out with him. That sounds lovely. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, okay. She, she just looks really confused at this point. Um, she, uh, she, she basically takes you inside. You come into a very, it's a very small waiting room. Um, it's completely covered in mahogany, and there's really intricate carvings. You see, like, uh, lions hunting in the woods, um, and it's covered floor to ceiling with this. And you see that there is on um, a coat rack, basically, to your side. You see a couple of suit jackets and things like that. And she says, perhaps you'd like to dress yourself more appropriately, sir? And she uh, she motions to one of the jackets. I would love to. And as uh, as you're putting your jacket on, you see another sign, which is actually on the doors of the Washington Room. It says, okay. Welcome to the Washington Room. Please remember, only secrets and items of worth will get you chips. Cheating is strictly allowed. The winner's table is invite only. Physical alteration- altercations will not be tolerated. Aside from the kick show, which begins each half day. And then you see that there's the same seal that was on your uh, your chip receipt. Interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Curiouser and curiouser. Oh, yeah, I'm just trying to... If, uh, yeah, if she's going to lead me inside, then I'm just going to go with her. I think I'm going to take note of that sign and just sort of try to be as cordial and polite as possible with the hopes that that will get me what I want. She uh, she takes you uh, She takes you inside. As you uh, as you enter inside, um, the first thing that hit you hits you is this huge marble staircase in the center of the room, which leads up to the landing. And you see that there's a velvet rope on either side of the staircase, and it says "Winners Only." There's a little sign hanging off of it. Um, the next thing that strikes you is a gigantic chandelier hanging from uh, fr- in the center of the room, and then all the people. You know a little bit about other witches and warlocks, and indeed you do see some of them here. You see um, more hex with their familiars, with cats, snakes, lizards. You also see lich there, and basically lich are this desiccated fate. They're, uh, they're, they're immortal, but their bodies continue to age. So you see a couple of people with um, pieces of their body falling off or rotting, or they look completely mummified. Um, and there's a bunch of other people who look just very strange in bright colors, strange makeup, um, horns, 
all these type of things. The only commonality that each and every one of these people have between them is the fact that they are all dressed magnificently, especially compared to the way you're dressed. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm wearing one of the uh, I'm wearing one of those courtesy jackets, so it's definitely not the right size. I'm like drowning in this jacket. And uh, but you you do other you also see wait staff. All the wait staff basically are dressed the same. They have on the stereotypical you know like white button up shirts and the black vest. Mm-hmm. And uh, the hostess she uh, she takes you to the back, and basically where you see people redeeming uh, redeeming receipts for chips. And uh, there is uh, there's another woman standing there, and uh, she uh, she basically uh, she introduces you. She says um. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry to bother you, Karen. This is Mr. This is Mr. Dylan Appleby, and he is already here, and he wants to redeem chips. And uh, the woman just kind of she looks rather disgruntled. She looks like she's been on a, like a 16-hour shift. She just rolls her eyes and she says, "Just get back in the front." And uh, she she turns to you and she says, "How can I help you?" Uh, well, it seems that uh, there's been a little bit of a snafu, and I'm hoping that you can help me get to the bottom of it. All right. Someone, as was mentioned, someone. It said that there that I'm already here. What it should be said is that that there are two of me here, mm-hmm. and I'm not quite sure how that came about or who the other me is. Oh, right. She says, wait, I recognize you. You should be upstairs at the winner's table. But you didn't oh, look um, like you. She rolls her eyes and you, you, she mutters something underneath her breath. Um, you know what? That's fair point. I'm, uh, you know what? Forget everything I said. I'm sure it's probably going to all sort itself out. I'm just going to head up to the winner's room. Uh, is that no. Okay? No, there's already one Dylan Appleby there. So then you see my dilemma. <laughs> If you want to get to the winner's table, sir, you can get there like anybody else. Do you said, uh, did you have a receipt for chips? Yes, I do. I have three chips. Right. And I hand her the receipt. She takes the receipt. Um, She puts it underneath a scanner, basically, like, you know, like one of the checkout scanners you see. She scans it. She's like, it's legit. She opens up the cash register. She puts the receipt in. She takes out three chips. She passes it to you. She says, these are redeemable for games here. If you want to get to the winner's table, do something to get yourself to the winner's table. I can do that. Thank you so much. Can I have your name? I want to recommend you to your manager. I am the manager. Well, you've done a very lovely job. And um, the woman out front was also extremely helpful. Just want to get, just want to let you know for that, in case that you want to do like a review process. I don't know what... I don't know what that arrangement is, but I just wanted to let you know that. Mm. Thank you. All right. You have a lovely day, and I'm going to head out to play some games. Okay. Um, you head out into uh, into the main room, uh, and Hamster says, uh, well, you got one thing off your list, buddy. Yeah, we're, we're making progress. You and me, Hamster, we're making progress right. in our in our fly jackets. You see that there is a roulette wheel, but the roulette wheel is not just black and red, but has a bunch of different colors on it. It's very strange. It's large. You see that there are at the end of uh, a very the very large room, you see that there are people playing a game. Everyone is seated in a uh, sat in a seat and they're passing around a gun. They're holding the gun to their head, pulling the trigger and then passing it to the next person. Everyone see a lot of people are basically watching this happen. Um, very entertained by that. You see that there is 
some people who are picking out cards and next to a stage. It seems as if there's some kind of performance going to be get uh, that's going to be given, but it seems like it's also a game. And then there's also some blackjack tables. I'm curious about this card game. Oh, and there's a there's a bar. Um, well, I'm gonna head to the bar first then. I I, I am attracted to bars. <laughs> <laughs> Bars make sense to me. Okay, you uh, you head over to uh, um, to the bar. Uh, there's just a, a very normal uh, a normal looking guy there. Um, he has uh, he has on a name tag, and it says, "Hello, my name's Xavier." And uh, he's uh, you know he's polishing a, a clean glass with a clean uh, rag, and he says, uh, "Can I get you something, sir?" Yeah, I will have um. I don't suppose you have coffee back there, or like uh, Irish coffee? I really need coffee. He says, I can make you an Irish coffee. We also have two specials. We have the Red Devil and the Tornado. Ooh, what is a Red Devil? And he uh, he points uh, he points down the bar, and you see a woman drinking a glass, um, drinking from a glass that just seems to have fire suspended in it. Ooh, okay, yeah, I, I, I want the Red Devil. I want that. Okay, and he says that it'll be one chip. Okay. Uh yeah, I hand you over a chip. Okay. Uh he uh, he takes some liquid um and he pours it into a um just various different alcohols basically. It doesn't seem like anything strange that he's doing. Um and he uh, he takes the uh, various different alcohols. He pours them into a shaker. He shakes it. Um he puts out a a very nice uh like basically martini looking glass and as uh, as he lifts up uh the top of the shaker and he pours it in, you just see flame falling uh falling into the glass and he uh, he passes it to you and he says enjoy oh thank you so much um oh can i ask you a question while i got here of course what's going on with the card game because uh because i can understand blackjack and roulette and i can guess i can understand what's going on with the gun but um oh uh they're uh they're playing an altered form of the never-ending tale I. Uh... You faded? He kind of looks at you with a sideways glance. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, I am. Oh, okay. Thank you for asking. Yeah, he, he says, I, I'm never I'm never sure. Uh, you can't just tell by looking at some people like you can with a lich. No, no. Thank you for asking. <laughs> um, well, basically, uh, the never-ending tale, you know, uh, it's big with uh, it's big with my fate. I'm a I'm a druid, uh, and basically, this is an altered version that the casino plays. You uh, you basically draw cards from the devil's deck, and then you tell a story with them. And you're given two words picked by the house that you have to incorporate into your story. And whoever like if uh, whoever has the most interesting story that the crowd likes, well, they uh, they win a bunch of chips. Do they get to go to the winner's room, by chance? Uh, if your story's awesome enough. Interesting. Interesting. So, how else do you get to the winner's room? The last, uh, the last guy that won, he, uh, he, well, he, uh, he won, uh, in that, uh, the game of roulette. He says, not the roulette wheel, but the, well, faded roulette with the gun. And, uh, he ended up shooting someone. Oh. Oh. I think they were calling him Dylan? Or something like uh, that, but anyway, he uh, he made it to the winner's table. That makes sense. That sounds like Dylan. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't want to hold you up any further. Xavier, was it? You've been um, so helpful. Thank you so much for the drink. Um, thank you for answering questions. Just thank you. Thank you. Yeah, he says uh, no problem. Do you do you drink your drink? Oh uh, yeah, I take a big old swig of the Red Devil. I'm it's very delicious. excited. It uh, it tastes cinnamony. Um, and it actually when it hits your when the like the flames aren't hot. 
And when the liquid hits your mouth, it is in fact liquid, and it's it's really delicious. All right, all right, big win for Dylan. Um, <laughs> hamster, you want a drink? Uh, yes. All right. I'm... He uh, he sticks he sticks his head in the glass. I uh I, I like surreptitiously like open my pocket and make sure look around make sure no one sees me giving this hamster alcohol because that's not sanitary. <laughs> And then I, I give him some, and then I take a swig myself, because I don't mind drinking a drink with hamster hair in it. <laughs> and then I think I'm going to head to the Russian roulette table. Oh, you're going to head to the roulette table? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think if I think if I was over there, like, originally, I need to be over there okay. now. Okay. Well, uh, you head over. Um, it seems like they're starting a new game. And uh, the uh, the man who's actually uh, running the game, he uh, he's dressed like uh, the other staff, but he has on a suit jacket as well. And he says, oh... Mr. Appleby, sir, this isn't uh, this isn't where the winner's table is. Did you leave one of your belongings here? Um, no, no, I just, um, you know, I wanted to slip in one more round before I, um, I don't know, before I hit the winner's table. I felt like I wasn't quite done playing the game. Well, all right, sir. Are you sure? I, I, I'm not sure if I can allow this. You've, you've seen the moves of the other players. At, and uh, at this point, a man and a woman step forward and they say, oh yeah, we want a rematch. Oh, well, see, if they want a rematch, then I don't see what the problem is, quite frankly. Now, um, I'm sorry, you will have to forgive me. These Red Devils are much stronger than they seem. You seem agitated. Did I do something in particular to offend you? You shot Rutherford. Oh, so he's the one that I shot. Well, did he provoke me? How how, how dare you? And uh, the the um, the man running the game, he says, uh, it was within the rules, sir. It was within the rules. It's an unconventional choice, but some people choose to do so. I, uh, hmm. Okay, so now that I know what I did... I think I don't want to get shot, so I am just going to grab my drink and say, um, <laughs> you know what, uh, I am going to head to the winner's table, maybe um, cut myself off, these are <laughs> clearly very strong, um, you have a nice day, and then I'm just going to like slink off. Okay, alright, you, uh, you slink off. Yeah, I'm going to slink away, and I think I'm going to head to the never-ending tail. Okay, cool. Um, well, you, uh, you get there just in time to have, uh, the rules basically being explained. Um, and, and they're basically, uh, what you'd heard. Every person participating will get two cards from the devil's deck, um, which they can use to base their story around. And everyone tells kind of a short story, a tall tale, something spectacular, you know, like Jack and the Beanstalk kind of Little Red Riding Hood idea. And then you'll also have to, you'll get two words that you need to incorporate into uh, into the story, and whoever tells the best tale wins. Oh, interesting. So you would like to play? Oh yeah, very much so. All right, he says, uh, "Well, that'll be uh, one chip, sir." Okay, I um yeah, I hand over a chip. All right. Okay, so now you're gonna I'm gonna draw two cards for you because I have the devil stack in front of me. Wahahaha! And you get. Oh, you get the tower um, as a card and the shadowed one. So in um, the devil's deck, basically, for everyone who doesn't know, is a altered form of the major arcana of a tarot deck. 
but it has different meanings. So it has a special special meanings for the Faded, and actually Faded can use the Devil's deck to see into the future and try to define what they're meant to do. So the two cards you got were the Tower and the Shadowed One, and the Tower means chaos, change, and ruin. And it's actually it's actually a curse card, so that means that normally something very bad is going to happen. And you also got the Shadowed One, which is um, which has the meaning of weak weakness, injustice, and brutishness. It's it's someone who kind of embodies all those uh, all those traits. Oh, that's perfect. So those are your two uh, those are your two cards. And then for your two words, I'm gonna need you to roll me two d10 and tell me what each number is. Okay, I got a nine and a zero. Okay, so your first word is death, and your second word is fire. So you have the shattered one, the tower, death, and fire. All right, all right. Um, should I um, the, should I just like go ahead then, or? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Like, like, there's uh, you can uh, you can go first if you have the story. There's two other participants who are who are going to tell something. Okay, and actually, in that case, I'm gonna let one of them go. first first because i want a second to like kind of put together exactly what i want to say so okay all right so they uh they they go there's uh there's one man he's actually very large um a huge guy tons of hair on uh on his face and uh, he he received the cards of the moon and the hanging woman um, the moon basically, uh, means, uh, it's, it's a symbol for the other world. So the spirit realm and the hanging woman is, uh, uh, a card that represents sacrifice and release and patience. And the two words that he received were gluttony and strangle. So, uh, basically he tells a very sad tale actually, about a uh, a woman who was wandering the other world world for years, and uh, what she would do is the only time that she would come to uh, to this uh, to this realm to uh, to the earth the human world was when she uh, when the moon was full and she would always visit two sisters and normally something horrible would befall the two sisters but of course there were two sisters who decided to stand against uh, against this woman. Um, and they learned her tale, and uh, it was, of course, a tale of woe about how she did something very horrible to her sister. She strangled her, in fact, uh, and uh, the two sisters ended up uh, tricking this uh, this ghost into uh, hanging herself uh, from a tree and uh, therefore uh, pushing her back into the other world and uh, forcing her there, forcing her to stay there. And uh, everyone, uh, everyone finds the story actually quite sad because uh, in the end, one sister has to sacrifice herself for another, therefore repeating the cycle. And uh, such a such a tale of woe is very surprising from a man who appears so burly. But uh, the crowd seems, uh, yeah, they seem to enjoy it. All right, I um, it's gonna be hard to top that. I give it like very nice, polite like golf clap, and um, I kind of stand up, and I think that I'm gonna go now. If that's all right with you, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, for sure. All right, so Dylan stands up and says, This is the story of when death came to the gambling den. This is the story of the shadowed one, that cowardly figure of deception and lies. You see, he had stolen the face of a, a nobleman, handsome and beloved by all, just a really... 
really great guy. And he stole it, and he ran all over town disgracing this nobleman and embarrassing him, stealing his things. And the shadowed one wearing the face of this nobleman came to this grand tower where lives were lost and fortunes spent and people were left in ruin and chaos. And he did join the masquerade of this tower, this gambling den. But you see, the Shadow One did not count on one thing, and that is that the nobleman was friends with Death. And Death did say to the nobleman that he would return the favor, and the people never saw what was coming. Death came upon them with a wave of fire, and those that supported the man, those that supported the Shadowed One, they didn't survive. Only those that... (laughs) left made it out alive (laughs) is that the end of your story yes yes it is okay um some people are standing there with their mouth kind of agape are you trying to veal your words in any way or are you just just laying it out there no i i'm it's 100 percent just laying it out there okay well here's here's the thing all right here's the thing Jeff Stormer mm-hmm. wants to veil his words a little bit. You know, be clever. <laughs> Dylan Appleby, I think, thinks that he's being really clever by telling that exact story. <laughs> okay. So, basically, there's kind of like a... There's some people who just don't know what to do, so there's this kind of, like, disjointed applause, you know, that you get <laughs> when people are just nervous. Some people are standing with their mouths agape. Um, and <sighs> other people, there's one woman in the front who just says, uh, how dare you? I, I, I don't know what you're speaking of. And, but this is, this is clearly about one of us. And, uh, the man, uh, the man next to him says, indeed, this is, this is ridiculous. Like, who, who allowed this man in here? And look how he's dressed. <laughs> and uh, at this point, uh, your uh, your hamster, uh, he, he hamster kind of peeks out of your pocket. And he's like, "Look how you're dressed, punk!" But of course, no one can understand what he said. So just kind of hear it sounds like, "Yeah, well, look what you're wearing, punk." <laughs> I got you back, buddy. Um, and I think we like look down and give him a little fist bump. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, the, the, the man says, uh, that, that's very, that's very much, uh, enough of you, sir. Please, if you just step down, uh, if you just step down off, uh, off the stage, I believe security would like to have a word with you. So I'm, uh, I'm just gonna go to the winner's room then? Uh, no, sir. Definitely not. Well, clearly no one here has an appreciation for fine storytelling, so I will take my leave. So I, like, I hop off the stage. Okay. Uh, you, you hop off the stage. Where are you going? Um, did you say security was coming? There, you see two men, kind of, two, like, well, actually, like, a man and a woman, very large, heavy set, uh, walking towards you, very pointedly, from one of the entrances of the room. Alright, well, then, I'm going to, I think I'm gonna, hmm... You know what? Screw it. I'm just gonna run for the winner's room and we'll see how it goes. Awesome. Alright, um, it- I'm just- I'm not even dealing with this right now. Okay, um, I think first, just to try to get past them, uh, can you roll me a dexterity dodge, basically, as they're- they're kind of coming towards you and you need to kind of, like, duck out of their way? Okay, sure. Um, 
plus dexterity. That's a 14. No, oh, that's great. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna do an opposed roll to see if they can grab you. Oh, and that is not enough. You dodge out of the way of the basically the woman was uh she she kind of like leapt to the side and tried to grab at you. You duck underneath her her arms and kind of burst through two people who were talking with one another. Um uh, and they start chasing after you um as you're legging it uh, towards uh towards I guess the little velvet rope uh, with the sign. All right, uh, can you now roll me a dexterity athletics to see if you can, like, gain uh, gain some distance between the both of you? Sure can. Um, ooh, that is a seven. That's not going to be enough. Oh, they got a four. So- All right. <laughs> and luckily on opposed rolls, basically opposed rolls, you just need to roll higher than the other person. So... You somehow, I mean, like they. I think it's probably it's probably because you burst through those two people while you were dodging out of the way, right? So you you kind of push the people backwards as well, and they, <laughs> they fall into the two guards. So by the time you're past that velvet rope and you know, like running up the stairs, they're just at the end of the stairs. Okay, um, yeah, and what I think is probably happening is that like I'm bursting through people and I'm just like shoving other people in the way and just screaming like i'm not usually like this i'm really sorry <laughs> all right and uh you uh you you shove and you're apologizing and you make it to the stairs the stairs are completely empty you don't really have time to look to look at where you're going but you just fly up the stairs as they uh, they're kind of tangled in the rope pushing through the people also like excusing themselves because they need to be nice to guests and you get to two huge white doors outlined in beautiful gold filigree and you could enjoy it and see what's on the doors but you're just trying to get away from these people so you fling open the doors and they close behind you and you're in a very dark room <sighs> all right um you know what i i'm going to call that a win and <laughs> i'm going to call that a net win i think we're all good we're here we're good uh and as a as basically you hear uh, you hear pounding on the other side of the door but the people don't seem to be able to get in as if the door's locked you uh, like yeah hamster's like suckers yeah damn right uh you look uh you look around your eyes adjust to the dim lighting and in the center of the room you see that there's a game of poker being played okay and there's a very nicely dressed woman sitting uh, sitting at the table. Um, she obviously she looks like a winner. She has a huge stack of chips in front of her. There uh, there's a man to her left. There's a dealer, and then sitting to the uh, the left of the dealer in a beautiful suit that you recognize not as your own, but as one you see quite often when you meet your demon is an exact replica of yourself. And on the table, what this person seems to be playing with is uh, your earthly possessions, your suits, your watches. You see a couple of bank statements for some reason on the table. And uh, he turns to you, and exactly in his voice, he says, Ah, Dylan, what, uh, what took you so long? Well, you know... Stop for a drink, and I uh, I knock back the rest of my Red Devil, which I guess I still have, <laughs> despite all the running around. Which is so I guess it's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. 
<laughs> you uh you uh basically you throw back your drink as uh, as your devil smiles at you and grins at you and this sort of disgusting look that he gets on his face you know the one that you secretly hate of yourself yeah yeah okay and uh the uh the man running the game uh the dealer he says oh sir if you'd have a seat we'd like to begin all right yeah um so i grab a chair um i i should specify that I'm going to grab the chair directly facing myself mm-hmm. so that I'm looking right at myself. And then I just, you know, I I sit back and I'm like, I smile wide and I rest, kind of rest my head in my hand. And I'm just like, all right, let's play. And that is where I'd like to end our session. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> that was so cool. That's so good. I uh, I hope you enjoyed playing. I really, really did. That was super fun. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I I really I really like this adventure to get for everyone to get to know their demons. Basically, uh, I can I can really see that. Like it worked really well. I got a really good handle on things. Uh, I love hamster. Oh my god, he's so <laughs> cute! I love that little guy. I I really didn't expect to grow super attached to him, but yeah, I'm real super attached <laughs> to hamster now. <laughs> Awesome. Oh, man, Liz, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. I just, I had the best time. Thank you so much. Oh, th- thank you so much for having me. I was I was really excited when you asked, and I, I really like Witch as a two-player game, actually, because of, you know, those intense relationships you can have with your demon. So it was super, it was, I was super excited that you invited me and that, like, in this format and everything like that. Yeah, no, totally. I can, like, I can see how it would work really well with a group, but, like, as a single-player, two-person experience, it's really cool and really awesome. Cool. Liz, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Um, and uh, with all that said, let's throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap things up. All right. <laughs> Bye. Take a future me. Thanks, Fast Me. And thanks again to Liz for coming on to the show. That was so flippin' good. You should absolutely check out Witch. It's super super cool and the thing is we didn't even really scratch the surface of all the cool things that you can do and all the different ways that magic can come back to haunt you it's super good you should check it out you won't regret it i promise you should follow angry hamster publishing on twitter at angry hamster rpg and follow liz on twitter at epic x cloth then while you're on twitter follow this show at party of one pod then like it on facebook at facebook.com slash party of one podcast And if you really loved the show, consider telling a friend. Every nice iTunes review, social media shout-out, and new listener that we get helps Party of One do bigger, better, and cooler things. It makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Party of One is produced by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. This episode edited by Jeff Stormer. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. Till next time, party people, thanks for listening, and remember, we all sell our souls sooner or later. (laughs) 